Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Tailoring is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, Representative, uh, how do you feel about the vote that's going to take place tomorrow? Because it seemed like a number of Republicans wanted to get rid of the rape and incest exceptions. That caused some problems over in the Senate. So are you sure this bill can pass tomorrow? I'm confident. Uh, You've mentioned the, the vote on that. People, you know, have their very strong-held beliefs. And, um, you know, I think that was reflected of, a, of the vote on that particular amendment. And Speaker, are you thinking pass tomorrow? Uh, from the House? Yeah. Yeah. The last time I, I've stopped making predictions on the Senate, so uh, they will—they'll uh, have their own. You have to ask Senator Bray. Are, are you hoping for a concurrence vote in the Senate? Well, tomorrow? we pref always would prefer that, but I'll leave that up to Senator Bray. What are your plans uh, if? For over the weekend or next week, if the Senate doesn't uh, agree with this, uh, with the bill as you've passed it through. You know, Tom, I think we'll we'll uh, kind of play by ear. We'll uh, you know see what we do tomorrow, and uh, and then uh, see what they do, and then take it by uh, uh, you know take whatever action needs to be taken at that point. Any thoughts on the, uh, what happened in Kansas? How that might impact Indiana, particularly with voters in November? You know, I think, you know, the, uh, this, uh, this is an issue where people have strongly held beliefs. And, uh, uh, you know, and I think, you know, people, I don't want to dismiss the, the uh, Kansas referendum, but, you know, that, that's a different state, different place. I don't know all the details of it all. But, you know, I think, you know, people in this body, and you saw today, across both caucuses have a wider range of beliefs. And, and I'm not sure uh, a referendum in other states can make too big a difference in that. You expanded the medical exemption for abortions to life of the mother or serious health risk. Are you concerned at all if that could uh, cause uh, some heartburn over in the Senate? One thing we consistently tried to do is make sure that we stuck with current code and, and definitions, and uh, I think that it's an acceptable definition and, in fact, gives more clarity to doctors on what they are uh, normally practicing. So I believe it's consistent and will be, will be fine. You, you limited the lethal fetal anomaly to um, 20 weeks. Why not have that extended like you do for life and serious health risks? Because what was explained through testimony the other day is that after 20 weeks, your doctors uh, who deal with the fetal fatal anomalies tend to uh, go into their medical professional mode using their best medical judgment. So it's unnecessary to uh, extend it beyond that. Yeah, so that could, uh, sorry, sorry, I just got to follow up. Okay. So help me clarify. So is it your understanding that they might still provide abortions after 20 weeks? Well, they would, they, I mean, what we heard on that on Tuesday was is that in those situations, typically they, in, they induce the mother. It's the safest thing for the mother to give the natural birth. So that, you know, and the, the doctors seem to be in uniform agreement. That was the case. So we just went back to state law with the current, current state law recognizing that, you know, in those situations, the, 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 the doctors, again, the doctors on Tuesday almost uniformly uh, 
talked about, they, that's the path they do. It's a close vote on letting pharmacists prescribe birth control pills birth control patches, and the idea Representative Fleming proposed the amendment was saying, look, this will this will prevent yeah. unintended pregnancies, and yet that vote was so close. It was close, and I think, you know, we, uh, you know, I think our caucus has gotten more familiar with that issue, and, and uh, I'm not sure the Senate caucus is as familiar with it, but uh, I actually went and told uh, Representative Fleming it's something that you will know, be uh, something I'm going to make sure we uh, work on next year that we vet and and I think it you know I, I would say we'll have a lot of attention next year and getting across the finish line. Can you talk about the decision to go for the Hoosiers first fam family first funding the fund rather than funding specific programs like you did in the House Virginia. You know, we, we, we went that direction because we wanted to name some specific programs, but we also wanted to provide flexibility to the administration and the Department of Health to, to be able to fund programs that they thought had, were having really strong positive outcomes, and we just wanted to make sure there was the flexibility to be able to do that. Uh, we also think that it's a good opportunity for us to kind of see as we go into the budget year, uh, you know, what we're, where we want to make even more and stronger investments and have the, that more to, having the Department of Health making those types of grants and program funds will What's help final, us do that. Sorry. What's the final number for those wraparound services? I believe so, you know, when you count the the wraparound services, the adoption tax credits, and the fund, it's north of 80 million. You went a lot bigger on the total financial package, it sounds like, with a billion towards the pension fund and another billion towards rebate payments. Why go so big with that package? Well, two things. We, we, we were able to go big issue for our caucus, and, and it was to get the billion dollars into the automatic taxpayer refund, which we were able to do, and then uh, and then fund the wraparound services, which we were able to do. I think we're you know over 1.1 million, billion, excuse me, billion when we get those two numbers combined. But then, uh, you know, the one billion next year, look, we feel very confident that continues to be a priority of the Senate that they uh, that, that we uh, reduce the amount of obligation in the pre ninety six and and we'll have those dollars available to do that in July June of next year. There's You've been, been telling criticism you want of the bill. Two hundred twenty five dollar checks. You think they're going to be happy that it's not that much? Well, you know, Brandon, you know, I'd love to give them two hundred twenty five. I'd love to give them more. Uh, the uh, but what we did same billion dollars. But you know what we're doing right now is we're giving more. You know about access to. 900,000 more Hoosiers uh, to the taxpayer refund. So it just means that to, to have that billion dollars goes in the bigger denominator. So it turns from 225 into 200. There's been some criticism about the size of the fund, the amount of money that would be going to family and children from testimony, from different advocacy groups. Are you happy with where it wound up? Do you feel as if there's you know a chance to revisit this again? Oh, we we'll have a chance to revisit again in January, and we will. And uh, uh, you know, this has been. These are some, you know, important discussions. We'll have even more discussions, you know, over the course of the fall, and then uh, as we come back to January. But I, you know, I think there were there were issues brought up, you know, uh, in the last few days, and 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 uh, on House Bill 1001, where look, there are good programs out there, you know, and I think you know we're committed to, to funding those. How do you feel about this entire process? I'm sorry. How do you feel about this entire process, this entire special session? Uh, Good. <laughs> uh, uh, 
you know, it, it's it's tough. I mean, you're dealing with, uh, with significant issues in a very short period of time, and uh, uh, and, and so you know, you want to honor the process. And look, I, I can't tell you how good I felt about Chairwoman McNamara's leadership in the Course of Criminal Code Committee on on Tuesday. I just thought that was a phenomenal meeting. Uh, uh, the discussion, the testimony was incredible, uh, and, and just I thought the committee meeting was outstanding. And I'm super proud of the institution today. Uh, you know, again, these are emotional issues, difficult issues, and I felt like on both sides, the the the, uh, the conversation was tremendous. It was respectful. There was there was respectful disagreement, and and I really am pleased with with how Tuesday and tomorrow went, or yesterday went, and and. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I am tired. How how uh, how Tuesday went, how today went. Hopefully, uh, continues to tomorrow. How did you decide to go forward with the vote on uh, the rape and incest exceptions when you had a majority of your caucus? Uh, vote to pull those from from the bill you had to rely on the democrats to well, I, keep that you know we uh you know i've told our caucus on these issues you need to vote you know your your beliefs in your district and uh and and i wanted to let people have that opportunity obviously i had an opinion on that and I voted the way I believed. And uh, uh, but Tom, we you know we wanted everybody you know on these types of issues. I think you got to go let people vote and have the opportunity to vote. And uh, and uh, I, I was you know and so our caucus felt that way, and so we put it up on the board, and people got a chance to see how everybody voted. For Hoosiers receiving benefits from Social Security, et cetera, you know, is there any concern that they won't know that they can get that tax you know, credit? Yeah, great question. We're actually talk uh, talk to the administration. They're going to be reaching out to the people, those 900,000 people, you know, up to 900,000 people who might be eligible to make sure they have got, uh, they, they know they are eligible. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good afternoon or evening. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.